0: Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. It is written that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us, to learn about the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy and Anointed Lamb of God, the Light of the World, the Savior of mankind. We hope that you will enjoy this Bible study lesson from our pastor, Jeremy Visser, You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.org or call us at 678-692-8870 for a chance to be answered on the air. You can also write to us at CPM Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. We love receiving mail from all over the globe and appreciate your prayers, requests, and letters. We look forward to hearing from you, and we pray that these messages of truth touch your lives. If you have been moved by these biblical teachings, please visit our forums online at covenantpeoplesministry.org and sign up to follow us on our YouTube channel, Covenant People. If you would like to make a free will tithe or offering to this ministry, you can do so through the church's U.S. Post Office address or by our PayPal and email address cpm at covenantpeoplesministry.com or simply use our donate button on the ministry's about section of the CPM website. Thank you for joining us for another CPM broadcast and now here is our pastor Jeremy Visser with our next Bible study.
1: Hello dear friends and thank you for joining me Pastor Visser of Covenant People's Church And today we're going to be taking a look at Revelation chapter 13. Because it's here where we learn of the rise of the Antichrist and his power over ten kingdoms. Perhaps you were with me earlier this year when I preached on several of the minor prophets. In fact, Joel being one of them, which we recently concluded. And Joel deals with a proverbial Antichrist. And this oftentimes can be confusing within Christian identity because we point out that an Antichrist, according to John and his epistles, is anyone who denies Yahshua. Therefore, we can easily say that the Jews are Antichrist and Muslims are Antichrist. But we also learn in this same book of Revelation, chapter 9, verse 11, they meaning the demons, also known as the locust or the locust armies that Joel mentions, had a king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. Now, what's interesting about that is while Antichrist is defined four times by loving Saint John, as whosoever denies Christ as Messiah. There is a leader of these Antichrists, and it stands to reason. Because if we are to have Yahshua as our head, so also is there a head of all Antichrists. Here we learn that his name is Apollyon or Abaddon. And both of those terms in Hebrew and Greek mean perish. They're also names of Satan. Therefore, when we read in Revelation chapter 13 of the rise of the Antichrist and his power over ten kingdoms, this should make sense because there is a leader of all Antichrists known as the Antichrist. So before we even look at this, know that Antichrist is anybody who denies Yahshua. This encompasses many people, even of our own race. But so also do they have a king over them. And we learn in Revelation chapter 13, verse 1, And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. Now notice right here at the beginning of Revelation chapter 13, it is John who saw these things. And that is confirmed in chapter 22, verse 8, where we read, I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not. For I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book. Worship God. And was John wrong in that? Absolutely not. John proves his authorship right there in chapter 22, but we also learn a valuable key. And that is that we are to give worship and or reverence to no man. No fellow servant and no fellow messenger. Also transliterated as angel within Greek. Because messenger in Greek actually means angelos. That's not to say that angels are not literal. But that is to say that we are forbidden by Yahweh's law to bow and give homage unto angels. Why? Because angels are considered our fellow servants. They work alongside us to give these revelations. Therefore, John was given a revelation, and he was given this revelation at the hands of angels. And it should be pointed out that the pronoun I is found 165 times in Revelation. Altogether, personal pronouns are used over 2,000 times by John. John says, I, or me, or I beheld over and over and over, meaning that this is a personal vision given to St. John the Divine. And while many people struggle with trying to crack the book of Revelation, it actually is not very hard to understand. That is, if you have mastery over the minor prophets, the parables that Yahshua taught, and are familiar with the parallels between Joseph and Yahshua and how similar they are to one another. Remember, we learn in Obadiah chapter 1 verse 18, the house of Jacob shall be a fire and the house of Joseph a flame and the house of Esau for stubble and they shall kindle in them and devour them and there shall not be any remaining of the house of Esau for Yahweh has spoken it. And while I don't have time this Wednesday evening to go into the parallels, perhaps I'll bring a study on many of the similarities between Joseph that we read about in the book of Genesis and our Redeemer, Yahshua. But we learn that our God is a consuming fire, and that consuming fire will destroy and devour all those that deny Yahshua, all those anti-Christ. And so, John stood upon the sand of the sea. Many people believe this to be the Mediterranean Sea, because the nations under Antichrist surrounded on three sides. And they did so in Daniel chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. And we're going to look at that very quickly. In Daniel chapter 7, we read, beginning in verse 2, Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold... The four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea, and four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse from one another. Four separate beasts, according to Daniel, but one sea. One sea that was given to Daniel in a vision by night, and there were four winds of the heaven that strove upon the great sea. The same great sea means that it's symbolic and it represents people. And that, of course, is confirmed many places in the book of Revelation. One such place being what we just read. But another that we should consider is this. Revelation chapter 17, verse 1. And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication that's one place where we're reminded that the waters which we see are people but not the only place for example in revelation chapter 17 verse 15 He, that is the angel, giving John the Divine this vision, he said unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. So this teaching that waters or seas within Scripture, being people, is not foreign to the Word of God. And this goes right back to what I was saying. Books like Revelation and Daniel really are not a great mystery. That is, if you have a good foundation within the Word of God. If you understand, for example, that a sea is comprised of people. That it's an allegorical or a metaphorical term. And while Yahshua walked, he spoke many parables. But the revelation of St. John is one big parable, meant to be unlocked, and unlocked with the word itself. So, he stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a great beast rise up out of the sea. So, what can we say from that? We can say that the people, or the nations, the non-Christians, or the Antichrist, give power unto the beast. And of course, that beast then in turn gives power to the whore. And the whore rides upon what? Many waters, many nations, many tribes, and many kindreds. The scripture, my friend, is completely against any one world order. And if there is to be a one world or a new world order, it is to be under the leadership of Yahweh God. But nevertheless, here in Revelation chapter 13, we read in verse 2, The beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power, and his seat, and great authority. The dragon gives him his power. So there is twenty powers given to the Antichrist. Very quickly, some of those are to blaspheme God, to overcome the saints, to destroy the Judeans, but not to make a full end, to conquer many nations, to destroy mystical Babylon, or even to kill the two witnesses. But notice that the dragon, we learn that the dragon is who? Satan, Sataniel. That old dragon was cast down, right? The serpent. The devil who deceives the entire world. The dragon gives who? The beast his power. If the dragon gives the beast his power, then the beast is not the dragon. Very important to understand. Verse 3. And I saw one of his heads as though it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. All the world wondered after the beast. What does beast represent in Scripture? Well, it has a derge barrage of meaning. It can be transliterated from the word behemoth, which is a quadruped, or a four-footed animal. And so also, are there other instances of beast being transliterated for the nations, or the goyim? And that's a study for another day. But all the world wonders after the beast. You could even interject here that all the world worships the beast and we're going to cover that in a moment in fact in the very next verse but notice that if all the world wonders after and ultimately all the world ends up worshiping the beast then that is in place of Yahshua and all of this is the divine providence and will of God because this is the culmination of the end of the second earth age Within the book of Revelation, we learn many things about the battle of Armageddon. We learn about the battle of Gog and Magog. We learn about the armies of Yahweh God making war with the armies of the whore. And we learn that the saints of Yahweh God, according to this same book, are they that hate the beast and hate the whore. So we learn in Revelation chapter 13 verse 3, I saw one of his heads as though it were wounded unto death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. Now, if John's vision was of a beast rising out of the sea, or the people having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of great blasphemy, then it is safe to say that this is not Jesus Christ. This is Antichrist de facto on earth. And verse 4 confirms, They worship the dragon which gave power unto the beast. What is the dragon once again? Well, we've already proven that. But I'm going to skip over to Revelation chapter 17. And we learn in verse 7. The angel said unto me, John speaking, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman, and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads, and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was, and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. When they behold the beast that was, and is not, and yet is. And heareth the mind that has wisdom, the seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. And there are seven kings, five are fallen. One is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was, and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seven, And goeth into perdition. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, Which have received no kingdom as yet, But receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, And shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the Lamb, And the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is the Lord of lords, And king of kings, And they that are with him are called and chosen, and faithful. And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the horse sitteth, are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. So, what have we learned so far? Well, that the answer to what many people consider to be a riddle is provided within the same book of Revelation. Which brings me right back to what I was saying earlier. This book is not that hard as long as we keep it within context verse 4 back in revelation chapter 13 says they worship the dragon which gave power unto the beast and they worship the beast saying who is like unto the beast who is able to make war with him several points need to be brought forth the devil gives power to the beast and many people consider the beast to be what non-covenant people They could be Goyim, but so also can they be the tares that Yahshua taught about. And why is this important? Because we live in an era now that is worshipping the image of the beast.
0: Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia. Three zero two zero five, or give us a call at six seven eight six nine two eight eight seven zero. You can also visit us on the web at Covenant People's Ministry dot org, where you will find direct access to our extensive selection of audio sermons. You can also listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast on your mobile audio devices. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, please make your checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry or use the Donate button on our website to use PayPal. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all and is an all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit, so we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build His church so that when He returns, He will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply his words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study
1: message. And why is this important? Because we live in an era now that is worshipping the image of the beast. You turn on the television, and what do you see but a black face staring back at you? And we live in a society where we should be able to deduct already that the devil gives power unto the beast. Therefore, the beast is now empowered over the sons and daughters of Yahweh God. And what we're seeing in the land, in Europe, here in America, and other places even, will only promise to get worse. Why? Because they worship the dragon, and that dragon gives power unto the beast. Here in 2016, there is less Christians than ever before, and there is most assuredly less genuine Christians from among the Israelite race. Why? Because a majority of the world is worshipping the dragon. And that dragon, in turn, will give power unto the beast, and that beast will have a mindset like this. Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Do you understand what's being said? John wants you to understand that you can make war with the beast. In fact, that they that overcome are they that are what? We already covered it in 17. Called, chosen, and faithful. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. But all of these, these ten kings, that will give their kingdom to the Antichrist... Under the promise to continue under him, have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. If you worship the beast, my friend, it leads back to worship of the devil. They worship the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they said, who is able to make war with him? (laughs) Quite interesting, is it not? This is the idea and the hubris and the lifted upness of our enemy during this war, during the time where the Antichrist commits all of these blasphemies. For example, verse 5, continuing in Revelation 13, there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue 42 months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. Them that dwell in heaven. Now heaven right now is wherever Yahweh God dwells. Meaning that it is inhabited already by those that are what? Called, chosen, and faithful. Those saints that return with Yahshua to make war with what? The whore, the beast, and in short, he who goes into perdition the son of perdition that Paul spoke about in his second letter to the Thessalonians. But he opens his mouth in blasphemy against God. And do we not live in a society now where the devil is able to blaspheme God? Indeed we are. All one really needs to do is turn on the television and see that these liberals who have no right to even speak, much less any right to rule over a Christian republic, are speaking great blasphemies. And many of them even do so professing to be some type of Christian. For example, you may be reminded of the vice-presidential election where they're talking about a woman's constitutional right to commit infanticide, murder. Out of one side of their mouth, they claim to be a Christian. And out of the other side of their mouth, well, what do they speak? Great blasphemies, things that Yahweh God holds in abomination. And if we as a race haven't figured out that Yahweh God does not condone murder, that we're commanded to not kill, then we have a lot of learning to do. For example, verse 7, here in Revelation chapter 13, it was given unto Him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given Him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. This is the extent of Antichrist's reign, and Antichrist, the leader of the locust armies, the leader of the goyim, in short, will have a reign. This was mentioned by Joel, the minor prophet, and it's touched in passing by many others. But even Daniel straightforwardly taught about Antichrist coming, and him having the power to make war with the saints. For example... Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, where we read, At that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. But it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. Why is Michael important? Well, we learn in the general epistle of Jude, verse 9, Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. Durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. Notice these books are separated by a millennium, over a thousand years, and we learn of Michael in the Old Testament, and we learn of Michael in the New Testament. We also learn of Gabriel in the Old Testament, and we learn of Gabriel in the New. In fact, it is Gabriel who gives his angelic salutation to Maryam, saying that she will conceive in the womb and bring forth a son. Also consider Revelation chapter 12, beginning in verse 15. The serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And we also learn in Revelation chapter 19, the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet, that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them which had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone, and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceedeth out of his mouth. And all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Revelation chapter 21 says, "...and had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates." and at the gates twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. Now, much of this I have covered in my series on Joel. But what I want to really drive home today is the fact that Satan is real, Michael is real. They war against the quote-unquote body of Moses. What's the body of Moses? Well, many people think it's the literal body of Moses because he was taken by Yahweh God. But the body of Moses could be also considered his law. That is why we are commanded to avoid disputes at the law. But it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. What is the extent of Antichrist's reign? We find that answer here in Revelation chapter 13, but verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life, of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man hath an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. Stopping right there. If you lead another into captivity, and that also is spiritual bondage, you will in return reap what you sow. Therefore, we already have confirmed that the beast and the false prophet go into what? A lake of fire. But so also do we learn in Revelation that the waters which John saw are what? People. (laughs) So if Joseph and Jacob are meant to be a flame and a fire, and they return with Yahshua in the brightness of His coming, then it is safe to say that all of those rudiments are destroyed At the return of the saints. But verse 10 says, He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Now we're going to stop it right there, but if you continue reading, you'll see about the mark of the beast. The image of the Antichrist. Of course, it is the way of the Jew to pop up an image. And tell everybody they need to worship that image. This was done in ancient Babylon. This was done in the times of Daniel. And even Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to give homage unto Nebuchadnezzar, and they were cast alive into what? A fiery furnace. <laughs> Perhaps you know the story. And after a while, they come and they look in that fiery furnace, and Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego were unsinged, unharmed. Because there was one likened unto the son of man sitting right there with him. The point of all of this is Jacob and Joseph are flame and fire, meaning we will not be destroyed with that fire, my friend, because we are that consuming fire because God is our head. And Hebrews said our God is a consuming fire, but they most assuredly will be for stubble and they will be destroyed. So if you continue reading, you'll see that Revelation chapter 13 ends on this note. Here is Wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is a number of a man. And his number is six hundred threescore and six. That is a polite way of saying his number is six, six, six. And six in biblical numerics means man. So, it's not hard to understand when that son of perdition is cast down to the sides of the pit like we read about in Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Daniel, Revelation. And people sit there scratching their heads saying, is this the man that deceiveth the entire world? Of course it is. But so also, is he the leader of all antichrists? Understand that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But the battle plays out here in the battlefield. We wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places, principalities, etc. So war for Christ, my friend. War for Christ. There's so much that can be taught from this book of Revelation that I'm actually considering bringing a study and a series on the book of Revelation, line by line and precept upon precept, so that we will not be deceived. Part of Revelation is seeing our enemy reap what they sow, what they desired to put upon us. This is why in Revelation chapter 3, we learn in verse 9, Christ speaking, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Judeans and are not, but do lie, behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. So what is the point of today's study? What we've covered is the fact that a majority of the world will wonder after and worship the beast, right? And Yahweh God will return to recompense upon the head of the Antichrist everything they had in store for us. And part of that judgment is they of the synagogue of Satan. They say they are Jews, but they're not. And they do lie. Who calls themselves Jews today? There's only one group of people And ironically, they all deny Yahshua as Messiah, making them anti-Christ. Is this letter for today? Absolutely. They that say they are Jews and are not, but do lie, behold, I will make them to come worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. That is why. See, the enemy now is boasting, saying, where is Yahweh God? Why doesn't he return? And through gradualism, gets more and more blasphemous with their claims. Surely you're able to understand that. Look at the presidential debates. Look at what their priorities are. Transgenderism. Abortion. Allowing the flood of the locust armies into America, but not repenting as a nation and seeking Yahweh God. That, my friend, is a form of blasphemy. Remember. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Worthy is the Lamb. The Lamb is the only one worthy. Worthy of any of your attention, of any of your ties, of any of your sacrifices. But yet we live in 2016 where a majority of the world are looking to Trump or Hillary. Or another man to deliver them. And what we've learned from Revelation, even this Wednesday evening, is don't trust man. The devil gives power to the beast. The beast gives power to the whore. The whore brings in a new world order and sits upon what? Well, we already covered it today. Revelation chapter 12, verse 3. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, And seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. And did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered. For to devour her child as soon as it was born. Who is that man child? Well, perhaps I'll bring a study on that in the future. Dear kinsfolk, if this ministry has touched you. Now more than ever we need your support. So, I'm going to leave it at that. If you've not donated to this ministry, please do so. There is a link on our forum, and you can also do so by snail mail. The address will be given here in less than 30 seconds. And so, until next time, this is Pastor Visser from Brooks, Georgia, and the Covenant People's Fellowship. Wishing you and your entire family great studies, war for Christ. Amen.
0: Covenant People's Ministry. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministries website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.org, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible study lessons and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website. If you would like to write to us, send your comments and queries to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205, or reach us by telephone at 678-692-8870. We thank you for your prayers and offerings. And we pray that all of you have been touched by these messages and continue to share the words of the gospel with your friends and family. Thanks again, and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.